Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Chatting Like Champions. Today we have a special episode talking about the recent takeover that has been making all the headlines. You already know what club it is, it's Newcastle United. So to dissect this £300 million takeover and to discuss the almost limitless options the new owners have, I am of course joined by Pavan and Alex. How are you two guys doing today? All good, thank you very much. Yeah, brilliant. All right, let's get right into the transfer policy that of what is now the richest club in the world. Never thought you'd be saying that about Newcastle, would you? Um, so, and let's see what they what approach they may adopt over the coming months. So there's this kind of talk about who they should pursue and what path they should pursue. Uh, Pavan, let's come to you first. Do you think that they should be perhaps developing young talent to sell on to bigger clubs or... Or target the kind of out of favour stars from across the top European clubs. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I think if you're going to be the richest club in the world, I don't think you're going to be wanting to be a feeder club or a club that you know is looking to sell your players on um, for high fees. So yeah, I, I don't think it's it's so far down that side of the spectrum. But it's also um, it would also be ridiculously um childish to go for players who are on big wages um already past their prime um just to kind of uh build up some hype around the club and around the new takeover because that will not give you a uh, long-term sustainable success so i think it's somewhere in the middle i think it's about um looking for young talent that will develop into uh you know that, that will develop into top players, but it's also making sure they don't rush right to the top. There, it's got to be a, it's got to be a step by step process. So the wage structure gradually gets, you know, gets bigger and bigger, but make sure that it's not, um, you know, absolutely destroyed within one or two windows. Because then you've got, I don't know, you've got maybe somebody earning um, two hundred, three hundred k a week, and the rest of, you know, five or six other players who maybe before were quite important to the squad, only earning, um, you know, 50k. So, yeah, they've got to be careful. But I think it's about uh, buying young talent, but also buying a a mix of proven talent that um, allows you to build a base and just keep taking those steps gradually because it won't happen overnight. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. They've got to kind of climb the ladder in order to become uh, what could be what would be considered a big uh, Premier League club. Um, Alex, do you think that they should be perhaps looking at more Premier League proven talents or do you think it's a good idea for them to maybe diversify the squad, look into other leagues, maybe like the Portuguese league where talents come through? Not as consistently, but when you hit a gem, you really do hit a gem. I think most important for Newcastle right now is staying up. It would be pretty much all a write-off of a whole of next season if they were to go down and have that much money because they'd come straight up again. They really need to strengthen the squad for the very short term at the moment. So I think they should be going for Premier League proven players, in January at least, and um, not older players, but players that are approaching their prime instead of young players. Because because you need players to perform now, I don't think there's any point really having or adding young players to a squad that is not already competitive. So that's why you see them looking at targets such as, I think James Tarkowski has probably been the target that's been linked the most solidly, and and that that one seems like pretty nailed on. And I think that's the, the type of signing you should be looking at at the moment, uh, a type of signing that weakens your rivals, but also strengthens you, and and it will bolster them. And they they just need, you know, four or five players in January to bolster the squad, uh, and help them stay up. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's also a very solid centre back. Um, fairly underrated in my opinion. Obviously, he had a few really standout seasons whilst he's been playing under Daesh and um, it would be interesting to see if he could maybe replicate that form up in Newcastle. Pavan, um, what, what's your opinions on them bringing in a sporting director? Uh, do you think it could be a good idea or do you think that the manager, um, it would be good for whoever to come in to retain more control over the signings? Well, I think one of the key pieces is is that they've already got a chief scout, so that's a good piece to of the puzzle to already have nailed in. Um, so I think that helps a lot. Um, and then, <coughs> excuse me. So I think 
you know, been linked to Luis Campos, very good at finding, you know, just unearthing gems from around Europe uh, and turning them into absolute world beaters as he did at Lille um, and numerous other places. But uh, yeah, that would be taking the feeder club approach. So I'm unsure as to who they could go for as a sporting director, but I think it's got to be somebody who is um, who is open to working with uh, a manager and giving um, the manager time, but also having a good relationship because it's going to take um, a strong relationship between the scouting department, the sporting director, and whoever the manager is uh, for the for the kind of the project to uh, really set off. So, yeah, I don't have a name, but I would I would think a a sporting director is needed um, to be put in place, but that that needs to be thought of in tandem with uh, the managerial appointment. I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's definitely a big decision for the uh, for the clubs to be making, and I think that um, they've got to not rush into it and actually evaluate what could be best. And I think it's definitely important to see what kind of managers they could potentially be bringing in before they um, before they go for a sporting director, because as you said, they've got to have a good relationship, and that's got to work out in order for the club to be um, to be successful going forward. But that kind of brings us on to the current squad. Obviously, um, Steve Bruce is currently the head coach of Newcastle. However, he will most likely be relieved of his duty sooner rather than later. And obviously, um, as we were kind of touching on there, future signings cannot be fully mapped out without knowing um, who the manager will be and having them in place and how their ideology translates onto the pitch and kind of which positions they feel they need to prioritise. Obviously, we'll come on to our kind of keep or sell um, opinions uh, later on in the episode. Um, so, so far, there have been kind of a few managers being linked. You've got Potter, uh, Brendan Rogers, Lampard, Conte and Gerrard. They've all been linked, however, there's nothing advanced as of now. Uh, Alex, out of those names... Who do you think would do best at Newcastle and who do you think is most likely to um, to actually get the job? Uh, I think I think Brendan Rodgers would do the best, but um, I, I don't think he'll leave Leicester. I think it's actually come out this morning that he's not thinking of leaving Leicester. And there's actually been a bit of a rumour that Brendan Rodgers is holding out for the Manchester City job in 18 months after Pep leaves, which I find quite unbelievable, but... You never know. But out of those names, the most... I don't really think any of them are, qu- are quite likely. I think people are just throwing names in, mm. into the pot just because of the excitement of the takeover. I think it's something Newcastle really needs to evaluate um, very, very closely. And I think they would be better off giving Steve Bruce just, just a bit more time so they could figure that out. I think they need to really figure out the infrastructure they're going for. I think, like we said earlier, they should get a sporting director before a manager and I also think they should get a technical director or at least someone in the back who who knows football I'm not saying Stavely doesn't know football but you want someone who's worked at a, a top club before yeah. and knows how they operate so I was actually thinking earlier I think a Michael Emanaldo would be a perfect sort of technical director to have in the back room of the club and could advise obviously he's been at Chelsea he's been at Monaco he was a, more of a success at Chelsea, well, a huge success at Chelsea and less of a success at Monaco, but that was a difficult situation, obviously. But your manager-wise, I, I really can't see who they'd go for first. Uh, a few names, I was thinking maybe Fonseca. I know Spurs mm. were interested in yeah, Fonseca. Yeah. I, f- I think he, obviously, I'm assuming Newcastle will want to play attacking football because mm. that's what, you know, you they want to turn Newcastle into one of the biggest clubs in the world and we all know a commonality between the biggest clubs in the world is that they score goals and they like to attack and that's their sort of branding. So maybe Francesca, but I'm not I'm not really too sure who else is available at the moment. I, I mean, Conte could be a good one, but he's quite fickle. He will have the backing, which he, he kind of really wants at other clubs. But I'm not, I'm not sure he'd be the right man. Uh, Pav, you got anyone in mind? I mean, yeah, I just remember that they've been linked to Lucien Favre, obviously the former uh, Dortmund manager. Um, I read I read a bit about him uh, while he was being linked to Palace. When he was linked to the Palace job, I, I read a bit about him and thought, yeah, this could be a good fit. Plays um, plays football that, you know, is effective, uh, knows how to work with young talent. Um, but 
I just don't think he would also fit the Newcastle uh, system because he's a bit, I don't know, he he's not somebody who you can rally behind. He's not a very charismatic character. He likes to work quietly um, and, you know, work with the players. And I feel like with all this, with all the uh, the spotlight that's being shone on Newcastle, there'd be a lot of pressure, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of pressure to deliver results now and to deliver goals to get people firing. I just feel like he's probably a little bit too timid and not the right character for um, what Newcastle want to uh, portray as this kind of new era. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with Alex. I don't think any of those are likely as of now. Um, but if uh, if Steve Bruce either is given a little bit more time or, or isn't, um, I think Graham Jones, the number two, is going to be given uh, kind of the interim role. So uh, he, he seems quite highly regarded. He um, <clears throat> A lot of people give him the credit for uh, them staying up and the kind of boost in performances. So uh, he seems like a good character to have. So, you know, if, if Steve Bruce doesn't make it to the end of the season, I, I think... Uh, Graham Jones is a you know a steady character who knows the club and knows the squad already. Uh, so you know if they're still uh, looking for a manager and they want to wait till the summer. I mean, as of now, Thursday the fourteenth, um, their next game is obviously up against Tottenham, and that would be Steve Bruce's a thousandth game in charge. I think it is, isn't it? Hmm. Um, yeah. So hopefully he does reach that milestone. There's all the jokes that are made out that are made of him. Um, he, he he's still a very he's a very good coach and has been throughout his career quite a consistent um kind of figure in in and around the top divisions so um do hope that he reaches that milestone uh let's move on to the actual squad itself then um so let's let's kind of start at the back and work our way forwards um so starting with goalkeeper um obviously they've got um, Dubravka, Darlow and Woodman as their options in goal. Um, Alex, out of these three, who would you say is the starting keeper in this new era? Or do you think they'll bring someone new in? Uh, I think I'd like, quite like to see someone new at Newcastle. The goalkeepers, it's been a bit weird at Newcastle the past uh, over the couple of years. I haven't really had a nailed on number one. I, I, it seems Dubravka's probably the first choice, but I he's been injured recently, hasn't he? So... I'm. I'm not too sure. I. I wouldn't really feel steady with any of those behind me if I was a defender. Debravka is a great shot stopper, but he has a mistake in him. Darlow and Woodman just aren't good enough for the level of Premier League. Um, I was thinking what goalkeepers they could sign, and I was thinking Kaylor Navas would be a, a good signing. Obviously, Donnarumma's come to PSG, and I know they're phasing Navas out, and Donnarumma's going to be the number one there, and. Navas is still a top quality goalkeeper and he'll be looking for a new exciting project um, goalkeepers can play until very very late on in their career so I think you could still get a good couple of years out of him he wouldn't cost too much wages wouldn't be an issue for the new owners and he and he's that sort of star sort of he's got that star power you would want as one of your first signings and he'd really sure up the defence so I think Kaylor Navas is the goalkeeper they should go for yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it'd be quite a dream to get Kaylon Navas now, but I think he'd be, you know, amazing. Um, I think he's probably one of the most underrated goalies in the world. I think uh, he just doesn't get the credit he's he, he deserves. But um, I know they were linked to Nick Pope, so another Burnley player. Um, could be possible, but if the new coach wants to play out from the back, then I don't think Pope fits the bill. So, um, yeah, I mean, a Premier League keeper will be expensive, um, but I think, I don't know, I think a goalie is, is a very specific position. I think whoever comes in is either, is going to have a good idea of who they'd like to bring in as a keeper. So I think that one's quite, um, that's, that's probably the position that's most heavily linked to uh, the managerial appointment that they make. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, keepers out. Keepers out Has Anana agreed? No, leave? no, that's a shout. That's not a shout. Yeah, so Anana... Is still uh, have, hasn't signed a pre-contract agreement with anybody. Um, apparently, close to signing for Inter Milan, but that's you know not not done yet. Um, but you know they could always have Bern Leno. He's uh, he's on the move maybe. So uh, and Danovic will be on the way out of Inter. Not uh, not that I rate him, but mm. it could be a signing they'd look at. Somebody like Jan Sommer, if you want somebody who's reliable, a little bit on the older side, but you know put in very good performances at the Euros. So 
yeah, it all depends on, on the coach, I think. But uh, there's plenty of shot stoppers out there. Um, and the problem with the three keepers they've got is Newcastle face so many shots that you don't really know how good the keepers are because they'll pull off a worldie and then they'll let one in. So you, it's really hard to judge, you know, what their what their core strengths are. They just face so many shots and that they're, that they're just so busy all game that you don't really, uh, can't really delve much deeper. So yeah, I, I would uh, I would think a uh, a keeper is needed, um, and I'm sure a manager will be. Uh, you know, looking to recruit in that position when when they arrive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move to the two sitting in front of the keeper. Then, obviously, central defenders. Um, at the moment, the best centre back pairing at the club. I think you two have both agreed. This is Lascelles and Cher. Um, obviously, Lascelles twenty seven, Cher's twenty nine. Um, probably coming to the twilight end of um, their careers in the next kind of couple of years. So. Um, I, I would definitely say that they do need to strengthen here. Um, obviously, we've spoken about the Tarkovsky links, which um, won't go too, into too much detail there. But do you think that they could perhaps go for someone younger, Alex? Um, or do you think that they need someone that's perhaps got the experience that um, Tarkovsky has? I think I can see them going for one of either, to be fair. I think when Tarkovsky comes in in January... Then they'll leave leave it for a bit, and then when they come looking in the summer, they'll probably look for a, a young defender to partner him. My bet would be a young defender from Ligon because that's where all the best defenders are coming out at the moment. Um, obviously, you got Saliba. There were rumours of them inquiring about Fafana. They'd, they'd be willing to pay for him despite his injury, apparently, which could be quite risky because we don't know how he'll come back and heal because it really was a horrible injury. But I'm I'm sure Leicester wouldn't want to part ways, and and that'd be a very difficult signing. So I'm not sure I can see that happening. But maybe someone like Jean Claire Todibo, you know, they they have enough money. They could definitely pry him from Nice. I think he he's shown enough brilliance so far. Uh, certainly as much brilliance as Saliba and Fafana showed while they were in Ligon. So I th- I think that could be a manageable signing. Uh, Bot Botman maybe. Botman, yeah, yeah. I, I think Botman's Botman. a, a good signing. You know, there's. There's quite a lot of players they could go for, really. Uh, who am I to know who they're going to go? But yeah, I'd go for someone from Ligon, probably a Tony Bow or Botman. I definitely, I definitely agree with the Ligon thing, to be honest, because um, right now it seems to just be a complete like factory for pumping out um, young defenders mm. that are, are moving on to bigger clubs. But go on, Pavan, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think Botman's a very good shout. Uh, didn't get his move. I think. Um, I think if you wanted somebody who's maybe a bit more versatile, there's uh, Lissandro Martinez at Ajax. Now, he's not the tallest. He's only 5'9 or 5'10. Um, and he sometimes plays centre mid or CDM. Um, but, you know, if you want somebody who's a utility player, who's very, you know, a bit reliable, he could be a good shout. Um, I'm thinking maybe, um, yeah, I think I just think the league and shout is probably the the best best league to go for or you could try and go for somebody like try and take one of uh, like Juventus's youngsters we obviously did the Juventus episode last week um, I know they've got a very talented Romanian centre-back called Dragusin I think and you know doing that on loan just see how see how it goes so yeah possibly yeah, I that's think, another uh, thing that I think um, Newcastle perhaps should be looking at um, the possibility of getting maybe um, yeah, loan deals. Um, I think they should really be trying to utilise them at the moment, especially if they're not getting a manager in any time soon. Um, perhaps in January, if Steve Bruce is still there or mm. they've still got number two in charge, um, loan the loan deals could possibly be a good way to go because it's just a temporary fix until the manager comes in and imprints his philosophy on the squad. Yeah, yeah. they're but, also linked um, to Rob Holding in the summer. I don't know. I feel like they probably have to pay money for that and I don't know if they'd be willing to do that because as you said if there's uncertainty over the manager then I think yeah loan deals would be a smart move but I think going for somebody like Tarkovsky and then a younger profile would be the best course of action rather than one or the other I think yeah I definitely agree with that so let's move on to left back Um, obviously they have Jamal Lewis um, a very promising um, young fullback um, that they, they, they was quite a steal when they got him actually um, I think Alex, you'll agree with me here that he's the perfect kind of project player. 
um, just needs a quality coach to keep his development going. So would you say that's definitely a keep? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can really turn around the whole squad for the sake of um, squad unity and keeping morale high. There are definitely some players you need to keep and there's nothing wrong with Jamal Lewis. He's he's quite a good player. And... Apart from the fact that he got sent off for uh, uh, wasting time and failing to take Oh, I did in. see oh, yeah. that, but <laughs> oh, that was so silly. That was so, so I think the referee... Forgot that I'd booked him already. He must have. You think so? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No way you send someone off for that. But yeah, Jamal Lewis mm. is a, a player that can stick around, definitely. All right, so let's move on to right back then. This one's a bit more of an interesting... Yeah. yeah. Um, this one's a bit more of an interesting position. Obviously, they have Mankio or Kraff. Um, neither are really good enough to be in the Premier League, let's face it. Um, they They... They, they've just kind of been at the squad for so long now and mm. they've just not been able to be moved on. So, Pavan, have you got any possible names that Newcastle should target at right back? Right back, okay. This is interesting. Um, I think if you're wanting somebody maybe a little bit more attacking, there is a player at Sporting called Pedro Porro. I don't, don't know if you know about him, but he was at City before. I think, I think he might be on loan from City with like an obligation or option. Um, he seems to be quite good, seems to be quite attacking. Um, did come out with some comments saying that Pep doesn't even know who I am and I was at City. But uh, yeah, his career's back on track here uh, as Sporting and Sporting are you know, doing very well. So he could be a good pickup, a um, bit more attacking. Um, Premier League names is a little bit harder. I can't think of somebody who would be available as of now, um, but possibly... Um, I mean, I know I'm just uh, listing off Arsenal fodder here, but uh, Cedric Suarez is a Premier League. Stop it! No, but no, but he is a Premier League player. You, you know, I'm just saying. If you what want him on the Tommy cheap. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, uh, come on. Untouchable. Uh, untouchable. Yeah, you should know better. After you got that Bologna shirt yesterday, you should know better. <laughs> Treat him with okay, a bit more respect. The... <laughs> right, Alex. I'm going to ask you about the centre mid situation. Um, John Joe Shelby is a very interesting player. Obviously, he's been a good servant to Newcastle, been there for quite a few years now. Um, but is he good enough to be in the Premier League now? Is Would you say that perhaps, especially if they're wanting to rebuild this squad, do you think that they would have to move him on? Um, so what, what do you think? I don't think he needs to be moved on. I think he can just stay in the squad, but he, he'll just need to understand that his playing time will be reduced. Looking at the the depth they've got in the the box to box position, it's not really that good. You have got John Doe, Shelby, Hendrick, and Longstaff. Um, is Matty gone alone? Matty Longstaff. I think, think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not too sure about either of them. I know at one point Long um, Sean Longstaff was there was all those rumours saying United forty mil, and that was so silly to me and. I, I, just, I think they really do need to freshen up that position. But uh, if I can just touch on the, the right-back quickly, just go back a bit. Uh, Pav, you said you couldn't really think of any Premier League mm. names. I was thinking, obviously, when Norwich go down at the end of the the year, oh, Ma- yeah. Max Ahrens might want to yeah. come to a new project and, and join yeah. some of his old teammates. But other than that, if we go back, back to centre-mid, I, I can't really think of many players that would be on the market. I know Pedri's just signed a new contract if they want to activate that. One billion release clause. <laughs> one billion. It'd only be one three hundred and twentieth of their wealth. I'm not sure FFP would <laughs> like it, but that could be a signing. Pav, have you got anyone for the midfield? Um, I was thinking maybe. I think Dennis Zakaria might have a year left on his deal. Ooh, so good player. Pretty reliable player. I know Kieran, you, you're a very big fan after you've got him in your FIFA team. Um, yeah. We weren't. We weren't as big a fan, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's all about perspective. Um, and then I don't know. Possibly there's lots of there's lots of holding midfielders going, um, kind of you know I don't know. John Joe Shelby's a very interesting player because he he's very good at long passes, but he, he, the rest of his game is quite poor. He doesn't you know tackle. He's not very good defensively. So you just need somebody who can do a job everywhere. And I think you know Ajax is Alessandro Martinez. If you want him, he can basically play anywhere. Um, so. So yeah, um I think you know he could he could work um but they shouldn't they shouldn't try and buy a a, a lights out uh center midfielder because I don't think they need that position. 
I don't think they need somebody who's of star quality. They need somebody who's reliable and who you can build off of. So, yeah, somebody who can do a job um, in that position. But, yeah, Shelby, Hendrick and Longstaff are, I don't know, uninspiring options to say the best. Hello, it is my turn to host Suitcase of a Superstar. Um, obviously, last week we had that very um, dramatic um, rounds, to say the least, where Alex was the first person not to pick up points. So Zero points. Hope, yeah. So we don't talk about that. <laughs> hopefully we can keep the levels of drama at the same kind of level now and um yeah let's get straight into it so clue number one is this player made his debut alongside Paco Alcacer so they both played their debut match at the same time so they both played the debut at the same time both debuted yeah okay okay all right that's uh I mean that was clue one you're not meant to get it off of that no no, I'm not uh Okay. Um, any ideas yet? No, no. I'm trying to think of what academy he came for, and so I think I. I might know, but I don't know if it was. Uh, you know, I don't um, remember. I think I'm. Okay. I know. This player has represented Spain from under 16s in 2008 all the way to the senior international team. Hmm. Right. Okay. So we got a Spaniard. 2008 under 16. That doesn't really narrow it down too much, though. Up until when? Wait, we could repeat the question. So, he's represented Spain from under 16s in 2008 all the way up to the senior international team. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really narrow it down, but okay. Okay, question or clue number three. This player won the Golden Boy Award in 2012 has won um, La Liga one time, Copa del Rey one time, and the Supercopa de España, and the Champions League four times, and the Super Cup three times. Okay. Oh, God. I should know this. I should know every Golden Boy winner. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> no. Um, this is this is really oh, shocking. Come on. I, Pav, I remember us talking about Golden Boy winners like a couple of weeks ago we in our know. kitchen. I know. Huh. God. 2012. Spaniard. Golden Boy, so. 2012. Am I good to move on to the next question? No, or do you no we, we, I think we, we need some time here because one of us might get this. We'll get an idea. Hmm. Hmm. I bet, pe- bet people are screaming down. Oh, I'm their not phones sure if they know the Golden Boys. Um, oh, I really want to go for someone, but I feel like it's not this guy. You got to make up points, Alex. <laughs> I do, but I can't be too risky and get zero again. I'm thinking I might know, and I'll be an, I'll be kicking myself in his bum. I feel like I should know the Golden Boy winner. Spanish Golden Boy winner, 2012. Right, I think we're going to have to move on if we're not. I've got an idea, but I'm like... Yeah, same, but... I can't Okay. This player started his career at Valencia. He then moved to Malaga before securing a move to Real Madrid. Oh, I know, yeah. I will message you right now. Oh, I know as well. Ah... Okay. Well, I it wasn't who I was thinking of initially. Oh, that's really annoyed me. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm very glad I didn't. Yeah. <coughs> Go before. I'm, I'll tell you who I would have guessed. I was I was thinking maybe maybe Bojan Kricic won it. Oh. I have it's got good. I've got Alex's answer. I'm just waiting on Pavan. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming through. Hold on. Hold on. Uh. There we go. Okay. Right, we've Both locked in. answers are locked in. Final I will clue. read out the final clue. Uh, this player was rated one of the best in the Liga 
However, has re- he's hit a rough patch in his career, struggling to get near the starting eleven for Real Madrid for the in recent years. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we. Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty happy with it. Well, I would have liked to get it a clue earlier. So would I. I so would I. But I don't think I would have done. Yeah, obviously, alongside that, you've got the kind of box-to-box midfielder role, um, which it obviously is occupied by um, Joe Willock at the moment. Um, big money signing for $22 million in the summer. Um, obviously, Pavan, you know a lot about him, coming from your club. Um, what what do you think is going to happen to him? Surely they have to keep him here. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no def- definite keep. Definite keep. It's been big money on him. And I don't think it was a mistake to buy him. Maybe it was a mistake to spend that much on him, considering maybe they wanted some other positions in the summer. But I think, you know, promising English player, he can play as an eight, and his his ability to drive from deep. He's he's not he's not inherently creative. He's not good in tight spaces. But if you give him space, um, he can you know really beat a man and get the team on the front foot quite easily uh got a very good engine on him and we saw you know his goal story his kind of poaching instincts um towards the back end of last season which made Newcastle you know pay the money for him so yeah I think nailed on keep and hopefully um whoever comes in likes uh a nice uh box-to-box midfielder who makes intelligent runs third man runs into the box because you can't really ask for a, a better player in that position I don't think no um, I mean, they've also been linked to players such as Aaron Ramsey, uh, Donny van der Beek and Rabiot uh, more recently. Um, Alex, what do you make of these rumours? Because surely assigning any one of them would probably break their wage structure. Their wage structure is going to have to go in the bin, really. Um, everyone knows how rich the owners are and everyone's going to be asking for the most money, especially if you're... Well, Aaron Ramsey and Rabiot might be difficult. I know Juventus would be quite happy to part ways with them due to their money struggles. But Aaron Ramsey is rumoured. His wage has been quite secretive, but it's rumoured to be around £400,000 a week or something like that, which is, I would say, too much for Newcastle, considering the highest earner is on about £85,000 a week. So I'm not too sure, but I would think it'd be a good signing. I think Donny would be an even better signing if they could convince United to part ways. It looks like Oli Gunnar is never going to play Donny. And if um, the owners are, are going to keep backing Oli, then Donny's going to have to force a move. And I'm sure there'll be lots of teams interested, Spurs, Everton, um, New- but Newcastle would be able to offer the most money, so it depends what he'd want to do. Uh, I saw an interesting tweet, though, the other week uh, by Chris Hamill, who is... Um, Obviously, we had Doogie on last week, so I was just catching up with a bit of that football, some Football Daily vibes, you know. And I saw a Hamill tweet saying, Leandro Paredes is being overlooked at PSG at the moment. Uh, Gay and Herrera and Verratti are all playing ahead of him. He's only had 110 minutes so far this season in the league. A player of his quality should not be sitting on the PSG bench. So he suggested that Newcastle should look at buying him I wouldn't be so sure Paredes would want to come to the northeast of England <laughs> but I think that'd be a quality signing Pav yeah uh, I just I just thought of it I didn't even consider his name but after his struggles at PSG possible uh, homecoming for Genie Wijnaldum that could be a nice story couldn't it coming back to St James's Park after lighting it up under Rafa yeah after Rafa Benitez but they went down um, you know not quite settling at PSG it might take another year or two until he properly moves on yeah but if he's I not playing yeah, I he has the connection no I don't see him moving uh this uh, this year really um unless he's really really desperate to be getting game time and he's willing to pretty much give up on his dream to play for PSG um he will not be moving this year um, however, it, it would be it would be really nice to see though. Um, and he's he was electric. Proven... He was electric yeah. at Newcastle, wasn't he? Playing left mid, and then Klopp turned him he's... into a a recycler in midfield. Yeah, he's a proven Premier League talent. Obviously, was very good for Liverpool. Quite an underrated player there, to be honest. Um, but let's let's move on to the holding midfielder role, the CDM. Um, Pavan, do you want to kind of go into? detail about the whole CDM um, kind of a situation because obviously 
it was quite well documented that Bruce wanted one but never got one. Yeah, he was. Uh, Newcastle were always linked to uh, Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester. Never got him because I don't think Leicester ever. You know, with, with European football, I don't think Leicester were comfortable enough to let him go. Um, but you know, if they want him again, then I'm sure that they'd be open to because Leicester bought Bubakari Samari this summer, so they've got depth now. If they if they do want to let him go, but uh, they were also apparently on the verge of doing a deal for uh, Bubakar Kamara of Marseille, um, but I know he wasn't secured either. And there was there were um, there were reports saying that he actually refused the move himself, and Marseille were actually quite annoyed because. He's out of contract in the summer and Marseille wanted a fee for him, but he didn't want to go to Newcastle. Um, but, you know, with uh, Newcastle's new uh, owners and possibly new manager and new structure, maybe he'll say yes this time. Uh, and um, obviously Marseille won't get a fee, but he's valued at £25.2 million on transfer marked. Um, will be able to sign a pre-contract contract agreement from the 1st of January uh, with his contract expiring, as I said. Um they probably will face competition, but I think they should probably pursue him again. Uh, only 21, you know, French under-21 international, uh, promising player, can play, you know, in the holding midfield role, can can do a job. Um, and, you know, if, uh, you know, we were talking about league and talents for defence um, before, and, you know, this is a kind of player who you shouldn't be getting for free. And if you can, I think it's a, it's a steal. So, yeah. If Newcastle can reignite their interest and convince him to come to St James's Park this time, then I think he'd be a very good option. Yeah, uh, Alex, moving on to the wide players. Obviously, Alan Saint-Maximin is untouchable to Newcastle. There's no way that they're going to let him go unless a big, big money um, offer comes in. Um, so, obviously, their other wide players are Ryan Fraser... And Jacob Murphy. Um, what, what, what's your opinion on Ryan Fraser at Newcastle right now? Uh, I'm really not sure. I'm. I, I think they only got him because he was going on. A, was it for free? free yeah, yeah, it was yeah. free. Yeah. I think that's a an Ashley signing. You know, he's seen a Premier League proven player had won a successful season in the Premier League, snapped him up straight away. Um, I'm. I'm not convinced by Fraser. I don't think I don't think he'll ever replicate the form he did at that one season in Bournemouth. And I think they definitely need some more depth right there. I can't I can't really think of many options they could go for right now on a wing except for uh, Philippe Coutinho, which I, they've been linked to very heavily. Obviously, he could play he could play a eight. He could play left, right, false nine. I I think you could really fit him in anywhere. And we do know that he was brilliant in the Premier League for Liverpool. And you know what? It looks like he's fallen out of love with football a little bit. You know, maybe Barcelona has been like a quite a bad environment for him, which which I could imagine. All the pressure with being a what 140 million pound signing is is crazy, and all the troubles at Barcelona. But I'd love for him to come back to the Prem and reignite his career with Newcastle and and hit the ground running. That could be a nice wide option. Obviously, uh, Maximan on one one wing and Coutinho, uh, ooh, Coutinho's better on the right. So. Maybe that's something they could do. Uh, I'm not sure about other wide options, but I think they do need some more depth there. That's not any. That's not something I ever thought I'd hear. Someone coming to Newcastle to reignite their passion for football. <laughs> it's, it seems a bit of a weird. Crazy, I know. Yeah, um, but Pavan, what, what, what's your opinions on um, Jacob Murphy? Because is he a useful squad option, um, but nothing more than that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he he does a job at wing back sometimes, but lacks end product. I think if you if you can get enough depth in, and if you can get one or two wingers in, then I think you let him go. Um, I don't think he's he hasn't done it in the Prem yet. Um, probably needs to go back to the Championship and have a you know uh, you know get his numbers back up and get his confidence back up. But yeah, I just think he should be let go. Um, and in terms of wide talent, I, it's. Yeah, it's 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 hard. I don't know who they could go for really, but uh I'm thinking maybe um maybe somebody like Jeremy Doku if you want him from Wren. You know, extremely talented extremely talented player. Um I mean yeah, Wren just uh, seem seemingly have white players coming out there coming out, you know, everywhere. They just 
they just sell one in Rafinha and then produce another one straight away. Um, but yeah, I think it could be very easy to get another Ryan Fraser, if that makes sense. Like there, there, there will be another aging wide player that you know maybe on big wages that they they should avoid touching. Like I don't know. Um, like I feel like Perisic might be going out of Inter this year and just just somebody you just don't want to be touching. Um, but somebody, you know, somebody they could actually go for. I, he does play a bit deeper at left wing back, but you could go for somebody like Philip Kostic. He did want to move from Frankfurt this year. Did want to go to, I think it was Lazio. Um, apparently, uh, somebody at the Frankfurt office, uh, you know, didn't press print or something. So you know, the transfer didn't go through. I don't know how true that is, but you know, he's somebody who, yeah, you know, has got a wonderful left foot. Um, pro- provides so much creativity off the left, and if you want out, if you want to uh, uh, say Maxman to push up on the right hand side a bit, a bit further, then I think that balance could also work. Um, but yeah, wide talent is definitely something they need because if you can have say Maxman on one, and maybe somebody who can uh, tuck in or uh, you know drop in a little bit deeper, then I think you've got two, you've got a wide, you've got a balanced forward line. Um, and somebody to kind of uh, compliment say Maxman rather than uh, just shift the burden to him. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. They need to definitely go for some balance in this team. They need to get someone that's also going to do the work in tracking back because obviously it's not going to happen straight away where they're uh, world beaters. They're going to be still coming up against uh, the teams like, I don't know, Manchester City, teams that are really good at pressing you. And will pin you back into your own half a lot of the for a lot of the game. So they you, they need to go for someone that's willing to do the work in defending as well as going forward. So mm. yeah, maybe Kostic could be a good um, sign there, but I guess only time will tell. Um, the man that broke Newcastle's transfer record for Michael Owen, Miguel Elmiron. He's obviously a very tidy player and could excel um, with more possession and support, but he needs to really impressed the manager quite quickly if he's wanting to stick around basically Alex what's your take on Almiron at Newcastle yeah I think Miggy Miggy's quite good he he, he's one of those players where he he comes and goes you know he's invisible one game and then he's electric the next game Um, I think he definitely does have a place in the squad Um, and I'm I'm sure when he signed for Newcastle Ashley promised him a whole lot of things that, that haven't really come true and maybe if, if he surrounded Almiron with some like-minded players, he'd really um, kick on. Uh, because we saw that connection in the MLS with uh, Martinez up front and Almiron looked so good. So maybe if you could get um, you know, a, a, a player off the, off the left for him to, to link with, obviously Maxman off the right, and I think Callum Wilson up front's brilliant. And if you want to get a go for two strikers, get another striker. But yeah, I think think Almiron's pretty good, and he definitely has the quality to stay. Obviously, I said before that you don't want to be replacing everyone instantly because that it wouldn't really set a good precedent, you know. Because you you an ideal football club does want a meritocracy, and you want the players who are playing well to uh, to you know stay in the team, and and you want to give players a chance to impress. Uh, and Almiron has the talent to do that, so I, I think they should. You know, see see how it goes. Give him a year, another two years, and and keep playing him. I don't. I think he does definitely have a place in this Newcastle squad. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, I don't think. Do you have any more to add to that, Pavan? No, I think you know. Just he he just seems to see, the way uh, Steve Bruce plays. They don't have that much of the ball, and he's he's not able to do what he wants to do. It's not that he doesn't work hard. It's just that he doesn't he doesn't look inspiring when he doesn't have the ball. So if they, if the coach, you know, as Alex said, want, is going to be an attacking coach, then I think that should help. And if he can impress quickly, I think he can show his quality because, you know, um, very tidy play, very flexible across uh, a front line. Um, and I think just a confidence player. I think he'll he'll really feed off the crowd there if he, if he can get going. Yeah, no, he, he definitely looked like an exciting prospect out in the MLS. So... Hopefully he can bring some of that excitement to St. James's Park uh, sometime soon in this new takeover. Um, so finally, striker. Um, obviously, Callum Wilson is a proven Premier League goalscorer um, with a bit of everything. So I think we can all agree here that it's best for them to keep him. 
Um, however, his the other striker that they have is Joel Linton. Now, he's been a very interesting player in the fact that he sets the Bundesliga alight at Hoffenheim, but ever since his move, he just hasn't really been... He hasn't really done much at all, and he doesn't really look like the same player either. So would you say that under another manager, Joel Linton could become the player that he was at Hoffenheim, Pavan? I actually do. I actually do think, because I think... I don't. I actually think the the transfer that took him to Newcastle is possibly one of the most absurd transfers because Newcastle were not spending any money. They chucked forty million pounds at a young, fairly unproven player, which the manager d- didn't seemingly want um, and didn't really know how to use. So, so yeah, I, I think this could be a, a kind of a blessing in disguise for Joel Linton because. You know, under a under a heavy under a possession heavy team um, at Hoffenheim under Nagelsmann, he was flourishing. And you know, Nagelsmann has that touch with all attacking players. They just um, their numbers just get supercharged. But you know, he he is useful. And I think if you are playing a, a two striker combination, he can really you know flourish. I think he he has that kind of problem where people or traditional pundits. Um, not to name names, but traditional pundits like maybe I don't know Graham Souness think look at him and think okay big big striker equals target man right a bit like how people were looking at Sebastian Haller when he came uh, to West Ham and he was struggling people thought oh you know why isn't he holding up the ball wasn't you know he you know winning headers but um, I think if if an intelligent if an intelligent coach knows how to use him I think they could get something out of him not saying he's you know the forty million pounds would be warranted, but I think, I think he's got quality. So yeah, I think if you can play Cam- Callum Wilson and just reintegrate Joel Linton, I think that'll do so much for the player, but it will also do so much for the credibility of the manager in the dressing room because people will see that he's willing to give players a, a chance um, despite maybe the new signings that come in. So yeah, I think Joel Linton deserves a chance and hopefully uh, can you know reignite his career under uh, whoever the new manager is. Alex, what's your what's your take on this? Is are you gonna keep or sell, and why? Uh, I'm a keeper for the exact same reasons as Pav. He he's a a victim of his appearance, and it's quite sad, really, because like Pav said, that there are quite a lot of players, and um, unfortunately, it does happen to be a lot of um Bane players where coaches look at them and go, because your body type's a certain way, you must be this sort of player. And I'm, I'm not saying that's Steve Bruce's fault for playing him wrong because Steve Bruce didn't want him. But I, a scout hasn't done their job properly at Newcastle because they've obviously looked at Jolington, looked at his numbers and gone, big striker, score goals, he could be our, our next Denver Bar or whatever. And he's just not he's just not that player. He's quite an, a, a nice technical player, uh, similar to... Like, uh, well, Nagelsmann liked to use those big players to play uh, next to a fast striker like Yusuf Poulsen at Leipzig. I just think he's being used completely wrong. And it's really up to Jolington now. If he gets given a chance in the next six months or whenever a new coach comes in, if he, if he gets given a chance, it's up to him to take it. And if, if he takes it, I think you can keep him and play him next to Wilson. And if he if he doesn't take it, then unfortunately he'll have to be moved on. Uh, I'm not sure who would be interested and how much they'd recoup for him. But I'm not sure that's really a, an issue with Newcastle. They're not really s- stretched for money anymore. No, so. they're not strapped for cash at all. Yeah. So it's really up to Jolington now. If, if a new coach comes in, it's up to him to impress them and show them what he can do. Okay, so that's the entire squad that we've just gone through. And that brings us to the end of this episode. But first, we've got to reveal who the suitcase of a superstar player was. Now... You both guessed on the fourth clue, and you both guessed the same player. Yes. And I can reveal that the suitcase player was Isco. So you both got that correct, and that is a good two points for both of you. Um, Alex, perhaps, maybe catching up at this point again. No, I'm Um, still a long shot off. I should have guessed it earlier. I, I don't know why... Golden Boy winner escaped my mind. Totally forgot he's going, you know. 
seriously, totally forgot. Well, that just shows how his last couple of years at Real Madrid have been. Actually, he looked so good under Zidane in that. Um, was it 16, 17 season with that that really yeah. nice black away kit, and he had the flowing long black hair. And he was my favourite player in Spain at that at the moment in time, apart from Lionel Messi. But I, I thought he was brilliant. He was playing a wide midfield role, and it just hasn't really been been the same since. And I I don't really know what's up with him. And but a lot of players that haven't been the same uh, since that season too at Madrid. I thought Asensio was brilliant when he burst onto the scene. And mm. what's he doing now? Not not too much. So it's sad to see. Hopefully he can. Um, you know, re- reignite that form because he was one of my favourite players hopefully, to watch. Hopefully, he can reignite the disco. Am I right? Guys? Disco's disco. Yeah, yeah. He 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 has actually been linked in recent days to Everton. Um, which um, um, is he? Is it, he I think I think it could Spanish be. Coach. I think it. I think it could be another James Rodriguez situation there if that goes ahead. To be honest. Hmm. Well, I, I can't really see it. Yeah, I can't. I I think with, with his wages and stuff, I feel like he. He'll be going to a Saudi league or a Japanese league. Yeah, um, no, it might, uh, him linking up with Iniesta. That could be cool. That could be very cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to go check out our last episode that we recorded last week with Football Daily's Doogie Correctly. It was a really fun episode um, to film, and it, Doogie was phenomenal on here um really knowledgeable and we're so grateful for him uh coming on also make sure you follow us on instagram and twitter our handles are at champions urn um we will be uploading um a league table at some point um showing all of the updates to um pick your passengers which we will be doing an episode on in two episodes time so that will be episode 13 um we'll be kind of updating you on how all of your picks are doing because transfer marks have uh, finally released all of the top five leagues uh price updates so uh, stick around to find out where you are in the standings and how your players are doing um i think it's fair to say that we may um have a few pulling away so uh, already um so it'd be interesting times especially um with a certain URN sport member with one yeah. of his picks. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, yeah. Wait for the results there, but yes. But anyway, the next episode will be uh, reviewing match day three of the Champions League. So um, make sure you stick around for that and we'll bring you that as soon. We'll bring you that next Thursday um, at midnight as usual. Um, so anyway, thank you for flying Chatham Night Champions and we hope to see you again soon. <laughs>